If you're ready to feel like your best self, you have some room for improvement in your health, or you're looking to explore the infinite possibilities within wellness, then welcome to the Empire Wellness Podcast. Listen in to your host and renowned wellness expert, Charlene Lawrence, as she shows you how to build your internal and external wellness empire. Charlene is a licensed acupuncturist, certified hypnotherapist, and master of traditional Chinese medicine. She'll introduce you to the solutions that have yet to be on your radar. Now here's your host, Charlene Lawrence. Welcome back, Wellness Warriors. I'm Charlene Lawrence, your wellness expert. I am the Chief Executive Acupuncturist at Empire Wellness Center, and I'm the founder of the Hypnopuncture Method, combining the powerful tool of hypnosis with the amazing healing power of acupuncture. I am so grateful to have you on this journey with me to explore the infinite possibilities within wellness. It is my mission to educate so you can improve, and together we can empower, inspire, and grow. Let's dive right in. Welcome back, Wellness Warriors. In this season's podcast, we are going back to basics. And today, we are going to cover the basics around sleep and how to sleep better. I have a lot of content to pack into this episode, so we are going to dive right in. First of all, I, too, like so many of you that are listening, was a chronic insomniac. I had most of my life problems sleeping, staying asleep. My mom says that as soon as I had teeth, she could hear me grinding them from across the house when I would sleep. And I have to say, I probably would still be that way if it wasn't for excellent dental care and retainers that I wear to bed every night. As I grew older, I struggled even through my mid-20s into the start of the first part of my career. Many of you know my story that I was a database programmer for a long time before I became an acupuncturist. And I would go in waves where I would have a couple of months where I would sleep okay, not great, but I would probably get a good five to six hours of sleep, not restful sleep, but it was way better than those bad couple of months where I would only get a couple hours of sleep per night. I would lay in bed going around and around in my head trying to fall asleep, unable to calm my brain down. I would sleep for 20 minutes, maybe up to an hour. And then I would wake up again and lay there for hours, tossing and turning, trying to shut my brain back off. Fortunately, since going to school, to grad school, to become an acupuncturist, I started sleeping for the first time in my life. And there's a couple of reasons for that. One, I made a huge shift in my diet. And I'm not necessarily a proponent of a vegan or plant-based lifestyle because for the most part, people will take that plant-based lifestyle and do it wrong in an unhealthy way. I call them carbitarians. They're not vegetarians because they eat very little vegetables. But I did shift my diet 
early in my training to become an acupuncturist and I became vegan really for ethical reasons, definitely not for health related reasons because Chinese medicine does not promote a vegan lifestyle. And especially for women of the age that I was at in my twenties, we need that good iron. We need support from some animal products. And I wasn't giving myself that, but I did do the vegan lifestyle mostly correct. Correct. I generally ate mostly vegetables. I stayed away from a lot of carbs and it wasn't just pasta and sauce. So that had a huge impact on improving my sleep because I was eating a less inflammatory diet than I had previously been with my Doritos and Wendy's chicken sandwich diet that I had before. So that was a big shift. And the other shift that really helped aid my sleep was working on myself by getting acupuncture. So acupuncture was able to help me reduce my anxiety and really improve my sleep, get out of my head. We actually have specific points, acupuncture points that help people get out of their own heads. They're very effective. And that was another big shift that helped me sleep. I am still on a journey for better sleep. I am trying to achieve a much higher quality of REM sleep and deep sleep. My deep sleep tends to be pretty good. My REM sleep could use a lot of help certain days. And so I am going to share with you some things that I've tried, some things that I've researched, and some things that I will be trying in the future. Like I said, we have a lot to cover today. Let's get started. I'm going to talk about some products that do cost a decent amount of money. And some are low cost, some are a little bit higher cost, but to be able to improve your sleep, you don't have to spend hardly a penny at all. So if your budget doesn't allow to get some of these different tools, don't worry. There are still a lot of free options available that can help you improve your sleep. So I want to talk about some of these things that I like to use to track my sleep. I've done things in the past. I've had a Fitbit that would track my sleep. I've had an Apple watch that would track my sleep. I don't love using those types of tools because they come with EMFs, electromagnetic fields, which we'll talk about shortly. And what I've done is I've invested in what's called the Aura Ring, O-U-R-A. And it is a fitness and sleep tracker. It tracks your heart rate variability. It figures out what your resting heart rate is. It tells you even when your temperature has spiked or if you're going to, if your immune system is starting to shut down and you need more recovery to prevent getting sick. The Aura Ring is an investment of around, I think, three to $400. So if that's not in your budget, you don't have to have it. 
you can get a simple fitness tracker. Most of them will track your sleep these days. And there are even apps that you can put on your phone that can also pay attention and track your sleep. We'll get back to that though when we come to EMFs. Let's talk now about lighting. There is so much information, research, data that proves that having even the tiniest bit of light in your bedroom at night is going to disturb your sleep. So we want to talk about ways to improve your sleep before you fall asleep and what to do when it comes to lighting in the middle of the night. So some very inexpensive and simple ways to hack your sleep, to support and improve your sleep, is to sleep in total darkness. And I mean total darkness. We're talking about closing the shutters, getting blackout drapes. If there is a tiny bit of street light or even moonlight filtering in around the edges of your windows, that is going to disturb your sleep. So completely blacking everything out is important. And this also means light from our devices. I actually have an alarm clock where I can turn the clock face off so that when I wake up in the middle of the night, I cannot see what the clock says. And if you get up in the middle of the night to pee or anything like that, do not turn the light on unless you're going to trip over something and hurt yourself or hurt a pet or anyone in your home. Don't turn the light on when you get up because it only takes less than three seconds of a bright light to disturb your sleep for the rest of the night. And you might say, hey, I get up to pee every night. I turn the light on. I go back to bed and I sleep. I fall asleep easily just fine. You still don't know how that's interrupting your sleep for the rest of the night. You may be, may be able to fall asleep really easily, yet you are not getting the deep and REM cycles that you should be getting had you not turned on that light. So there are some solutions to this. You can get red light is typically the best because it has the least amount of blue light or maybe no blue light. And there's also things called blue blocking glasses and true dark glasses. And that's what you would want to use before you go to bed. Even with the red light, just dimming the lights, using a red light, or even just lighting the spaces up that you need to use in your house with candles rather than using those overhead lights. This is going to start resetting the pineal gland in your brain and priming it for bedtime. Light is the most disturbing thing that we can do for sleep. So there's a couple of companies that I really like. It's not just about just blue blocking glasses as the sun goes down, it gets dark outside. We should all put our blue blocking glasses on. 
And there's one company that I really love. They do a ton of research and they've done all the right things. And it is a company called True Dark. True Dark makes glasses for daytime and for nighttime. And they have different frames that you can use. If you wear prescription lenses, they can even get your prescription made with the True Dark coating so that you can actually start funneling out that harmful light in the evenings and get a better night's sleep. I'm also going to suggest something a little off the wall, but again, this is a completely free option for you. I want you to go around your bedroom tonight and perhaps your bathroom. I know my bedroom just opens into my bathroom. There's no door. So if that's the case with you, I want you to go through your bedroom and your bathroom with a roll of electrical tape and every tiny LED light that you have shining around your room, I want you to cover that up with tape. I know the TV in my room has a tiny little red light that shines to indicate whether it's on or off. Cover that up. I use an electric toothbrush that illuminates from the bathroom into my bedroom. I want you to take that electrical tape, cover that up. Cover up every tiny little speck of light that you have in your bedroom and any of the areas that shine into your room and cover those up with some electrical tape. This can be a profound shift in getting you to sleep better. Room temperature and the temperature of your bed is very important. Lots of scientific data has come to realize that 68 degrees Fahrenheit is the ideal temperature to sleep in. It's not too hot, it's not too cold. And so there are a lot of solutions for this. If it's a little warm in your room, let's say 72, you can run a fan or the AC for a couple minutes to cool it down. But there's also a really great tool out there and this company has expanded their offerings and they have a lot of different solutions for people nowadays and it's called a chili pad. This is something that you lay in your bed and it lays on top of your mattress and cools the temperature down to 68. We're talking cool, not cold. I don't want you to be cold. Most people aren't gonna be comfortable in a cold setting, we want you to be cool. And this will give you a better overall night's sleep. We're gonna talk about when you should eat in relation to going to bed. And this is where I struggle greatly. And I'm learning ways that I can really adjust this. And I've seen it work and how well my sleep is how good my sleep really is when I finish my last meal a lot earlier in the day. I typically get home from work day at like 7.30 at night, and I like to be in bed between 9.30 and 10 at the very latest. I typically am asleep around 10 o'clock, so laying in bed around 9, 9.30, reading, giving my time, my brain a little time to relax. And so that means from 7.30 until 9.30, I have to cook a meal, eat it, clean it up. And then I like to be asleep by 10. That's two and a half hours. 
that is not nearly long enough for my body to process that meal and get to sleep. And I notice with my aura ring, when that happens, usually around midnight, 1 a.m., my heart rate, it says my heart rate is really high to the point where it thinks I'm awake. And I know I'm not awake because I didn't wake up that night, but my heart rate is so high because my body is working so hard to process that meal that my body can't get a good amount of rest during that time. So finish your meal at least three hours before bedtime, three to four hours is ideal and make your evening meal a lighter one, especially if you're like me, you're getting home late, you like to have dinner with the family, and then you get to bed at a reasonable time, you get to start choosing to have a lighter meal for dinner and maybe a heavier meal at lunchtime instead of vice versa. This can have a really big impact on your sleep. So if you're able, complete your last meal of the day, three to four hours before you plan to fall asleep, plan to go to bed and keep it light. Keeping it light is definitely going to help you sleep better. We're going to come back to this concept of EMFs, the electromagnetic fields. I made a suggestion that you can find apps, free apps on your phone to track your sleep. Typically to do that, you have to have Bluetooth, excuse me, enabled. And all of these devices that we have, Wi-Fi, all of that, they produce these electromagnetic fields, which interfere not only with our sleep, but the mitochondria, the little powerhouses in our cells. And it can cause aging, premature aging, and all of these different things that nobody wants. And so I have had a rule since 2017, my gosh, it's been like five years, there's no phone in my room. I will say I generally use my iPad to wake me up because I like to turn off the alarm on my iPad and then immediately play a playlist on Spotify that helps me wake up gently in the morning. I keep it all on airplane. I also have my Kindle that I read before bed. Again, it is kept on airplane. That blocks the EMFs at a really high level. They may still be floating around a a tiny bit. If you really think you're sensitive to these EMFs, go shut your Wi-Fi off at night. You're sleeping. You don't need it anyway. But I highly, highly, highly recommend eliminating your cell phone iPad, any of those devices from your bedroom. I know you are saying, but Charlene, it's my alarm clock. Okay. Put it on airplane or take advice from that. I got from Simon Sinek. I was watching a video of his one day and he said, don't give me that. Don't tell me that you have to have your phone because it's your alarm clock. Nope. You can go on Amazon and buy a $10 alarm clock. He even offered if somebody couldn't afford the $10 that they could email him. He offered his email and said, email me. I will send you 10 bucks. 
go get an alarm clock, especially one that you can turn the clock face off. If you're the type of person who you know you're going to just sit there and scroll through your phone before bed, you're going to turn the alarm off. And the first thing you're going to do is head over to Instagram or Facebook or anything and start scrolling. Get that thing out of your room. If you're not that type and you do still want to use it as your alarm the way that I do, that's fine. Just put it on airplane mode. Do not use social media or the news before bed. This is hypnotherapy training 101. Our minds are in the hypnotic state, meaning that we are taking in all suggestions the 30 minutes before we fall asleep and the first 30 minutes that we wake up in the morning. So if you want to have all of that bad news coming into your mind, giving you suggestions without any kind of filter or block, then you would be getting on social media or watching the news. So if you want to sleep better, if you don't want that garbage coming into your subconscious mind, which is leading 88% of your decision-making processes, eliminate social media and maybe emails, definitely the news, 30 minutes, at least before bedtime. I say electronics, shut them down an hour before bed. One really simple way to start Getting your brain ready for a restful night's sleep is going to be to do a couple of things, and they're both going to involve a piece of paper and a pen. High, high tech equipment here. I want you to start doing two things right before you go to bed. You can keep this on the bedside table and do it right before you fall asleep. I want you to write down three things that you're grateful for from the day. I talk about gratitude a lot. We don't have to be grateful on this huge grand scale. You can have a crappy day and still be grateful for the little things that you have. You can be grateful for the country you live in. You can be grateful for the fact that you have a job. Maybe it's not your dream job, but you're getting paid. You're able to keep up with the Joneses, whatever it is. Make sure that you are genuinely grateful for the things that you write your gratitude about. And then the second step, I want you to do a brain dump. Write down on the piece of paper, in a journal, whatever it is, all of the crap that you have to do tomorrow to get it out of your head today before you fall asleep. So you don't sit there on repeat all night long. I have to do this. I have to do this. It's going to be busy. All these things, get it down on paper. Now you won't forget it because it's written down and it's out of your brain. So simple, absolutely free, unless you have to go buy a pen and paper and easy to do every day. It will make you a better person. It really will. Tapping into your gratitude every single day will just make you a nicer, happier, wonderful person. I'm going to touch on something that might be a little touchy, and this is not a practice that I have tried. There is a lot of research around it, though. 
people who sleep separately from their partner tend to get better sleep. And that's just because what if they had a bad night's sleep and they're tossing and turning and they're waking you up? So if you're really committed to getting a better night's sleep and you're committed to your partner and they're okay with it, give it a try. See if you can sleep in the spare bedroom and sleep separately whenever you choose. Or if you know that you really need a lot of restorative sleep, maybe you had a rough day or you have a really big day tomorrow, talk to your partner, see what they think about you sleeping in a separate room to try to get a better night's sleep. Give it a try. One thing that I've looked at in the research is getting one of those dust mite covers. It's kind of like a mattress pad, but it's Usually, usually you can zip it on and off the mattress. You can get them for your pillows as well. And that's just because dust mites are going to happen. No matter how clean you are, how many times you clean your bed, it's hard to clean a bed. Get a dust mite cover and that will be a barrier so that they can't get out. They can't off gas whatever they're putting out into the world. And it's going to help your sleep by you not inhaling all of that junk. I know this sounds so disgusting, but it's true. They happen. It's just a fact of life. So if you can invest in a simple dust mite cover to go over your mattress as well as your pillows, that can be very beneficial as well. I want you to aim to go to bed by 1030 every night. If you're a shift worker, obviously, this isn't going to work for you. If you know that you wake up at four o'clock in the morning and you have to get your eight hours and you're just one of those 4 a.m. wake up people, don't worry about it. Go to bed at eight or nine, whatever works for you. But if you're in the general majority who can fall asleep between 10 and midnight, I want you to aim for 1030. And this is because it has been proven that during this time, Going to bed between 10.30 and 11 will support adrenal repair. And I don't care who you are. It's 2022. We are two years going into our third year of this virus junk where we had lockdowns, isolation, the highest, some of the highest suicide rates in history, the highest um, deaths from opiate use in history. This stuff affects us all. Because our adrenal glands are on the fritz right now, it's so important to go to bed between this 1030 and 11 o'clock time frame to help reset those adrenal glands and give them some rest and support. If you're using a sleep tracker that has the ability to to separate your deep sleep from your REM sleep. Not all trackers have this ability. I know the Aura Ring does. I believe the Apple Watch does, especially if you connect it to a specific app. There's one called Sleep Space that I really like. And that can actually separate out your REM and your deep sleep. And it actually looks exactly the same way that the aura ring puts it. I wonder who started that first. And if you can see that differentiation, 
you really want to be aiming for at least one hour of deep and one hour of REM per night. Ideally would be one and a half of each. So a total of two to three hours of your sleep per night should be high quality, deep REM restful sleep. REM is where we're dreaming. So if you are having dreams, plenty of them, then you're probably getting plenty of REM sleep. And a great way to know if you're sleeping well is when you wake up in the morning, are you rested? Good question. That's a question I ask all of my patients on their first visit. And oftentimes I find that people answer no. So looking for that one to one and a half hours of both deep and REM sleep is really going to be beneficial there. We will talk about some ways to get better REM sleep, more REM sleep. This is something I've personally been looking into a lot. And the things we've already talked about, like the blue blocking glasses, doing turning the lights down, dimming them, using red light at night, this is going to help amp up your deep sleep. So if you implement those things that I said at the start of the episode, then your deep sleep is going to improve. Like I said, we'll get to a way on improving REM sleep shortly. I want to go over a few do's and don'ts. Let's start with the don'ts before bed. Don't eat three hours before bed or less than three hours before bed. We covered that already. Don't eat after dark. This can be tough in those winter months. And something that I'm going to start playing around with is shifting my intermittent fasting window. Typically, I fast until around noon, and then I have an eight-hour eating window from noon until 8 p.m. Because like I said, I get home usually around 7.30. So if dinner is ready, I can generally get that last meal of the day in by 8, 8.30 at the latest. I want to start shifting my eating window earlier in the day, meaning that I'm going to skip dinner rather than breakfast and try eating from about 8 a.m. until 4 p.m. So finishing my final meal by four, which means I'm in the middle of my workday with patients. So there's a lot of coordination that has to go into this. But that's something that I want to start playing around with to see if it improves my sleep. And especially in those winter months, when it gets dark so early, this could be a perfect schedule. The last don't before bed is don't drink coffee after 2 p.m. This gives you eight to eight and a half hours to metabolize the caffeine. And I'm going to say coffee and really all caffeine. So caffeinated teas, sodas, if you know me well enough, you know I'm anti-soda. But if that's your caffeine of choice, then really stay away from that after 2 p.m. Because it may take that eight hours that you need to really metabolize all that caffeine out of your system. And so if you're having a late afternoon coffee, this could really be impeding your sleep. Do's, things that you can do to support better sleep. If you find yourself waking between 3 and 4 a.m. 
and then your mind gets online and you can't turn it off and fall back to sleep easily. This is actually a blood sugar problem because during that time you're fasting. So your body is asleep. It's still using fuel and you might run out of sugar, which is our primary fuel source. This is how we every single cell in the body operates and kicks the mitochondria online and produces energy for us. So if you run out of sugar or you start to run out of sugar, your body, even though it's sleeping, is thinking, oh my God, I don't have enough sugar. I don't have enough fuel to get us through until our next meal. I need secondary resources. What are those? We have two secondary resources cortisol, you've probably heard of this, and adrenaline. Both of these come from our adrenal glands. We talked about that a moment ago, about resetting your adrenal glands from all of the hyper stress that we've had over the last several years. So if you're waking in that three to 5 a.m. window, now there is a Chinese medicine um, explanation for this as well, but I'm going to keep this a little bit more biomedicine related. And so if you're waking between three and 5 AM and your brain just won't stop, whether that's anxiety, thinking about what you've got to do that day, even though you wrote it down in your journal the night before, this is because of a lack of fuel. So to combat this, there are a few things that you can do. You can do each of these individually, and it will be beneficial. You can also do all of these things together and play around with it. See what works for you. Step number one would be to have a tiny, tiny bit of MCT oil. That's medium chain triglyceride. There are great MCT products on the market. There are not so great MCT products on the market. And there's a really simple one that you can get for very, very low cost, and that is coconut oil. And so take a half a teaspoon to one teaspoon, very small amount of either coconut oil or your MCT oil of choice. I do like the brand Bulletproof. Um, I, they call it Brain Octane. I do like that brand. I know it's high quality. I know it's very stable. Coconut oil will also work just fine. Take that a half a teaspoon to one teaspoon. If you have too much, you will get, let's be real, diarrhea, either in the middle of the night or first thing in the morning. Nobody wants that. So start with a smaller dose and take that right before bed. That will, that will give your body fuel as fat. So when you run out of glucose, it will use that. Your liver will actually process it and make something called glycogen, which is the precursor to glucose. We actually make it in our bodies and that will get you through until you break your fast, whatever time that is the next day. You can also try collagen. Collagen powder is really popular these days. There are dozens of companies that make it. I like a brand called Vital Proteins. They make a plain, uh, flavor-free, flavorless collagen powder that I really like. And you can stir that in water, one to two tablespoons. 
you won't have any diarrhea issues with this one or you shouldn't. And so you can mix that in water and drink that right before bed. Again, it's going to provide the same thing that the MCT oil does. It's going to help the liver produce more glycogen, turning that into glucose so that you can sustain your fuel throughout the night without needing to pump out cortisol or adrenaline. Finally, you can also try taking a tiny bit of raw honey. Raw honey, not, not the cute little one that comes in the honey bear. It needs to be raw honey. Manuka honey is the highest quality, in my opinion, out there. It's opaque. You can't see through it. It's not translucent like the cute little honey bear honey. And taking that same thing will get your liver to produce more glycogen. And there's a tiny bit of natural sugars in it. So that will help keep your blood sugar stable throughout the night. Like I said, you can mix all these three together. My suggestion for how to take all of them is to mix them in warm water and then drink that down either individually or taking them all together. And this will help sustain your blood sugar throughout the night so you can get a good night's sleep, not wake up at 3 a.m. with a racing mind. There are a few types of breath work that I recommend. And this is for really anybody who wants to just fall asleep easier, but especially those people, myself included, a lot less now, but in my previous life, I really struggled to fall asleep. I mentioned at the start, I would lay there for hours, maybe get 20 to 60 minutes of sleep, wake up, lay there for another couple of hours. And breath work is really helpful for those people who are the overthinkers. So a few proven different types of breath work that are my favorite are one is an ujjayi breath. This is the breath that we use in yoga. If you're familiar with taking yoga and you've done the practice where you inhale through your nose and then you exhale through your nose with the sound in your throat, stifling the throat a little bit, getting that little vibration as you exhale. It's not a sigh because you're still breathing through the nose, exhaling through the nose, but getting that little bit of sound, almost like a snore on the verge of a snore. That's the ujjayi breath. This is actually going to reset your vagus nerve, which is the longest cranial nerve in the body. It goes from the head so it's called a cranial nerve and it goes all the way into your gut. The vagus nerve is the gut mind connection. So we have that gut brain connection in the body and this is what helps that. It helps bring us into the parasympathetic nervous system. We have the sympathetic, which is our fight or flight response. That's when that cortisol and adrenaline is online. And then we have to have the balance. We have to have the flip side to that, which is our parasympathetic nervous system. And that's rest and digest. And that's where the vagus nerve comes in. So using that ujjayi breath, like they do in yoga, is going to help reset the nervous system. It's going to flip you from fight or flight to rest and digest. And the word's right there, rest. We're relaxing, we're falling asleep. There's also a 2x breath that 
I find very helpful for people. And this is just for whatever count you choose, inhaling for a couple of counts and exhaling for double the amount of time. So you may inhale for two, one, exhale four, three, two, one. And then try for three and six. Inhale for three, two, one. Exhale, six, five, four, three, two, one. And then go for four and eight. My favorite, and you guys have heard me talk about this one before. My favorite breath work comes from Dr. Andrew Weil. He developed the four, seven, eight breath. And so that's inhaling for four, holding it for seven, and then exhaling for eight. So this is similar to that two X breath where you're still inhaling for a certain count and then exhaling for double that count, but you hold it at the top. This is similar to what they call a box breath, which is actually a technique that they train in the military where you inhale for the count of five, you hold it at the top for the count of five, you exhale for the count of five, and then you hold it empty for five. Most people find it challenging to hold that empty space. It's uncomfortable. It's actually going to put us in a little bit of fight or flight. But when you do that a couple of cycles, you're training the body that this stress while we're holding with an empty set of lungs is actually beneficial. This is a, a concept called hormesis where a little bit of stress can actually benefit the physiology of the body. It can benefit the body. So I just gave you several types of breath work that can be helpful here in providing support and trying to go to bed. Another one of those absolutely free tools that we have access to any time, day or night. We have a few more points to cover. We are getting to the end. I know that this is a longer podcast than I typically produce, and it's because sleep is so important. And I, just like many of you, have struggled with it for the majority of my life. Let's talk about how you sleep and what position you sleep. For most of my life, I was a stomach sleeper. Honestly, it's only been about two and a half, three years since I've shifted away from that, no longer sleeping on my stomach. And it was hard work to get to that point. And now I don't know how I ever slept on my stomach for so long, because when I do actually roll onto my stomach for any amount of time, I wake up with low back pain and I just don't know how I did it all those years. The best position to sleep in if you do snore or if you just prefer is on your right side. I know it's very specific to sleep on your right side. And this is, there's a theory. We have the data to prove that sleeping on our right side is more beneficial. People who do sleep on their right side live longer than those that sleep on their left. We haven't exactly pinpointed why, but the theory is that our heart is on the left side. And when we sleep on our left, it collapses the weight of our body over our heart a little bit. So if we sleep on our right, 
the chest is more open, the heart can pump more freely, and you have better blood flow. If you snore, it's a really simple fix. Sleep on your side. Sometimes there's some training involved with this. There's also great things out there. I mentioned I wear retainers at night so that I don't grind or clench my teeth. You can go just to any drugstore and get those simple little bite cards that keep your chin forward. As you're laying on your back, your chin has a propensity to push back closer, be, excuse me, push back into closer to your neck. And if you just wear a simple bite card guard that pulls that forward while you sleep, that opens up the airway more and the snoring goes away. Also sleeping on your back is very beneficial. It's much better for your spinal support. Ask any chiropractor and they will tell you that yes, sleeping on your back is a good idea. And if you're going to sleep on your side, get what I call cuddle pillows. Get those long pillows that you can stick between your legs. You can hold on to cuddle with a partner. That's fine. But your partner is probably going to move throughout the night. So they may wake you up a few times. So just having your spine aligned nicely while you're sleeping, this also means get a good high quality pillow that's actually going to support the space between your shoulder and your head. That's if you're lying on your side as well as on your back. So finding a good contoured pillow, putting the dust mite cover on them and giving that support to your spine so that you have a nice straight spine while you sleep. Air quality can be an important part of your sleep. Something that happens in all homes, it's very common, is toxic mold. And many times this will set our nervous system off and we don't even know what's causing it. And it may be a mold problem. So you may want to get an air filter that has a HEPA filter in it. And those are going to be quite noisy. So if you like that kind of white noise in the background, if that's helpful, go for it. Or there are great products out there that you can spray that will help um, kill the mold, get rid of any mold that's in the environment. And these are healthy little um, kind of just like our gut bugs, that healthy flora that help our gut stay healthy. They make products that you can spray in the air and will do the same thing. Like it will be healthy air little bugs that float in the air. They get rid of the mold and keep everything healthy. The product that I know of that is like that is called home biotic, like a probiotic, but for your home. Listening to binaural beats can be really helpful to help you drift off to sleep. There's a caveat with this. If you do that, you probably have to have a device on in your room to listen to these binaural beats. I know there are dozens of them on YouTube and they're even like eight to 10 hours long. So the entire time that you're sleeping, but if you don't have a YouTube subscription, you have to keep either your phone, your TV, whatever it is on, and that'll light up. So figure out what is going to be best for you. I know the Calm 
Calm app has sleep stories that help people drift off to sleep. That can be really helpful. Again, if you can use these devices in airplane mode, that is my suggestion. And since we know that lighting is the biggest factor in keeping people awake and disrupting people's sleep, I might advise that you keep the lights completely or keep your room completely dark and skip the binaural beats, skip the sounds if that's really in interfering with your sleep. And so finally, I want to touch on a few supplements that can be really helpful for your sleep. My favorite, and I take this every single day, is called magnesium breakthrough. Magnesium is an essential supplement that we all need to take every single day, probably for the rest of our lives. There are seven common types that our body needs and the magnesium breakthrough supplement that I carry in my office has all seven formulated into one bottle. So you're not taking seven different types. Most of the time, I'm not a proponent of getting over-the-counter supplements, and that's because it's a completely unregulated industry. You have no idea what they're putting in there, and there was a study done by Harvard, I can't recall if it was 2017 or 2019, where they looked at supplements from common retailers like Walmart, Walgreens, CVS, um, and Rite Aid, and places like that. And most of them didn't even have traces of what they were selling in the bottle. So if you were buying magnesium, it had zero magnesium in it. And 90% of the time, they had fillers that they didn't disclose on the bottle that are known allergens, things like gluten, corn, and eggs. They weren't disclosing this. And so that can be causing harm to people. Let's say you have celiac and you think you go buy this great supplement at Walgreens. I'm not bagging on Walgreens, but you think you're buying this great supplement. Not only are you not getting what you're buying, but you're probably getting gluten and you don't know what's causing all of the pain from your celiac disease. So I highly recommend the Magnesium Breakthrough. I vetted them. I know they're a great company and it has all seven types of magnesium in it. Now I'm going to adjust how I take my magnesium. I usually take my magnesium breakthrough two capsules right before bed. It does help me stay asleep, fall asleep. And then magnesium does great things for our GI system. I usually get up and uh, my digestion is online, ready to go. And I'm actually going to adjust this because I recently read research that we should be making, taking magnesium two times a day. So I'm going to switch it up and take a morning dose and an evening dose and see what that might do to my sleep. If you like to drink or use other substances before you go to bed, a good option here is taking a type of charcoal, activated charcoal. And what that's going to do is it's going to get into your system and it's going to absorb all of those toxins from the alcohol and help flush it out in the morning. That way, alcohol is not going to be one of the causes to your sleep problems. I know personally for me, 
different alcohols affect my sleep differently. All of them affect it in a negative way. And things like red wine really mess up my sleep. I typically wake up between one and three in the morning as my liver is trying to detox from drinking the wine. And this could be one small glass of wine. It will do this to me. And I get really overheated on the nights that I drink wine. So using this activated charcoal to kind of clean up the system and remove those alcohol toxins from the body have really helped improve my sleep. Two great supplements for helping with sleep overall. One is called lion's mane. This is a mushroom. You may have heard of like reishi mushrooms, cordyceps. There are so many different varieties of mushrooms out there and they all do wonderful things for the body. Lion's mane in particular helps support the brain and there's great research that shows it also helps support a good night's sleep. And then the last one that I want to talk about is glutathione. Glutathione is the body's most powerful antioxidant. We make glutathione in our own bodies. And so if you have inflammation from anything, and we all have inflammation coming from all over the place, that's outside sources, food, alcohol, toxins that we breathe in the air, as well as toxins that are created inside of our own body, inflammation, because we have stress or maybe we injured ourselves. We have all sorts of different reasons why we have inflammation in the body. Glutathione is that natural substance that we make that goes out and dampens down that inflammation. So taking a glutathione supplement every single day can also really benefit you and benefit your sleep by reducing inflammation. I hope this was helpful. This was a lot of information. Take what you can. If you have a lot of financial resources at your disposal, invest in things like an aura ring and a chili pad and putting up all the blackout shades. But if you don't have that, I offered so many free and low cost solutions on how to try and improve your sleep. The biggest takeaway I want to share is being sure to eliminate as best you can all of the light and reducing light as you prepare to go to bed. And lastly, just know that I am here for you if you need additional support. If you aren't in the area, I do telehealth visits for patients from all across the U.S. I'm happy to hop on a consult for you and just get you what you need so you can sleep better. Thank you for joining me. Be well. Before you go, there are three ways that you could help support me and this podcast. First, if you haven't done so yet, I'd love for you to leave a five-star review and leave a comment with some feedback that boosts visibility within all of these podcast channels. Second, a great way to support me is to follow me on Instagram at EWC Health and like, 
comment, and save any posts that you find useful because again, that helps boost engagement. Third, if you want to support me in a financial way and wanted to help keep this podcast going to cover some of the costs that it takes to produce and record these podcasts, you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash empirewellness. And sometimes I might actually use it to buy a coffee. You know I love the coffee. Thank you. I appreciate your support and I hope you have a wonderful day. Whether it's improving your internal, physical, or mental health, we have more tools to explore the infinite possibilities within wellness. Be sure to visit us at empirewellnesscenter.com for more ways to connect with Charlene. There you'll find ways to educate, improve, empower, inspire, and grow. That's all available on EmpireWellnessCenter.com.